Well, it looks like you all hated me so much that you've given me this award for it. That it can be about the performance and not the politics. This moment is so much bigger than me. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. And thank all of you who voted for me and all of you who didn't, please excuse me. I deserve this, thank you. Hello and welcome back to Academy Queens. I see no point in living if I can't be beautiful. I'm Brandon Stanwyck. <laughs> Maggots! I'm Joey Gentili. And we are here today with a special Patreon bonus episode, an episode that we uh, picked uh, the topic of. We are here today to discuss the best animated feature film lineup of 2005. So um, how are you feeling about this batch of films? spooky give me all the spooky shit man this is like the perfect lineup for halloween tomorrow um and i have to thank you for it because you had the idea for it and i was all about it you know me i'm a slut for spooky shit yeah so i was kind of brainstorming um ideas uh episodes we could do that are different than what we normally do but still within our wheelhouse and i was looking at other categories uh, we've done Best Picture, and so I kind of jumped to, like, foreign language film, now known as international film and animated film, and I stumbled upon this year. And um, like you said, um, all three of these movies have something spooky going for them. Uh, two of them are pretty pretty obvious with their spookiness, but the third one has its elements of spooky and creepy. And um, something else that's interesting about this lineup is there's only three movies. Um, we've never discussed just three three nominees before that I can think of. So uh, it'll uh, be briefer, I suppose, than normal discussions. Yes. And this is going to be, I haven't even told you this, so this is going to be a surprise for you and our listeners. There, This is the first time in Academy Queen history that I am going to mention something about one of these nominees. So um, there's a, there's a great story that I'll tell behind it. And uh yeah, it'll be a first for us. First for me, definitely, and first for you guys. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I will say, uh, one of the great horror animated films that we're not getting to talk about today is one that you and I actually share a great love for, and that's Paranorman. And I bring that up really quick because, because we're not talking about it. I just wanted to kind of... See if I can pick your brain on it a little bit here, especially because we have a shortened episode with only three. So a little filler. Um, but I, every time I rewatch Paranorman, especially now since knowing you, you're Norman, dude. Like, we're those two kids. We're, <laughs> we're like the, literally the two fucking kids in it. Like me and my spicy hummus. And then you're Norman. Like, do, have you revisited that since we've been talking? And like, do you get that at all? Um, I have not revisited Paranorman basically since it came out. Um, I don't often re-watch movies, um, which may surprise some people. Um, so a lot of my thoughts about certain movies are from when I first watched them way back when. And um, when Paranorman came out, I was a big fan of it. Um, you know, I'm into that sort of morbid strange supernatural thing so it of course resonated with me um i should probably revisit it considering how much i liked it then but um i can see how i could uh 
have some similar qualities to uh, Norman. Yes, and the character, his friend who I was talking about, the character with the spicy hummus, um, is Neil. Um, but it's funny because I, I have it on Blu-ray and, I, and I've been watching it a couple times throughout October here um, because, you know, I'm, it's my favorite time of year. I'm actually getting really sad that tomorrow is uh, is going to be Halloween here, which means an end to it. But, you know, I'm a spooky bitch, so th- this is me year-round. Um, but, yeah, so I was re-watching it. And, of course, you know, it's I remember the first time seeing it and the brother character ends up being queer, which was great because it, this came out in 2012 and it was so wonderfully surprising um but also too just yeah like revisiting i'm like god that's me and brandon if you were to like animate us as like kids this is it um so it's just a little great film and it's honestly my favorite like a film so i like i said it's not a part of this lineup but i did want to just bring it up because we're on a spooky episode talking about spooky animated films and that is one of the best yeah yeah it's quite good yeah so um any plans for halloween before we dive in um, not exactly. Uh, um, we're probably not going to be handing out candy this year due to the plague. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll be working on the day. Uh, so not sure exactly if we'll do anything significant uh, in the evening. Maybe just watch a movie or or something. Uh, so unfortunately, due to COVID, nothing really planned this year. Yeah. yeah. How about yourself? Oh, I go all out. I get uh, the moment I wake up, I get dressed in my costume. I'm going as a uh, as a lost boy this year. And I don't mean like the Peter Pan faggy lost boy. I mean like the vampire faggy lost boy. Um, I've got these amazing black contacts. I've been working on the makeup for it. Um, I'm just really excited. Plus, too, it's kind of like a cheat because of COVID this year. I can't really go anywhere. Um, so the thing with the Lost Boys is that they wear regular clothes, as we've seen in the movie. So it's just mainly the makeup will be done, which will be pretty cool. But, um, I am going to my friend's house in a Cleveland suburb called North Olmstead. And we are going to play spooky board games and watch horror movies and just dress up because it's our favorite time of year. And, um, I'm actually, when we're done here, I'm going to carve my jack-o'-lantern and it's, uh, I'm just, I'm really excited. It's, you know, this year has been crazy and... Normally, like I'm a person, as you know, uh, I'm not a big fan of Christmas or anything, and I kind of get really cranky around Christmas time. But this has just been such a rough year for a lot of people that despite my feelings towards it, I'm not going to take away and be that grumpy bitch at Christmas that I usually am. Because, you know, just like this is my time of the year that and gives comfort that could be other people. So I'm growing, Brandon. I'm growing. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's a first for everything. I know. I know. So... But yeah, it, I, I look forward to it. So yeah, well, I had a fun phone call today. Well, actually, it started yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was at work and I had a, a, a call come in and I answered it because I was expecting a call from my doctor's office. It was actually a special agent with the Department of Defense who was doing a background check on my neighbor. The crazy Republican neighbors? No, no, my next door neighbor. Those are the crazy Trump neighbors. Are the ones across the street. Mm. Uh, my neighbor next door, I, I assume, applied for a job, and they're doing a background check on him, and they called me because I'm their neighbor. And it was really interesting because I don't really know my neighbor. All we do is really say hi as we're passing each other. We don't really talk. I didn't even know his name. Like the special agent from the Department of Defense asked me if I knew this guy by name, and I was like, no, I don't know that person. And the guy was like, well, it says here he lives at this address, and you live at this address. And I was like, oh, that must be the guy that lives next door to me who I've passed every once in a while for over a year now. And so I basically got to answer questions that I did not know the answers to, including 
about that is that I mean that just shows how little privacy we have in this country. The fact that your number was just so easily accessible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, like one of the friends we've met since we moved here, a couple of gays that we found on the internet. One of them is a contractor for the Department of Defense. And so, like, as soon as I got off the phone with this person, I was paranoid that it wasn't actually a person from the Department of Defense, that it was, like, some weird scam, and they were, like, trying to get into my phone while I was on the line, or something stupid that you see in movies. And uh, my friend was like, yeah, they do that. That's that's legit. And I was like, oh, okay, that's crazy. Because one of the questions they asked me about my neighbor was, uh, do you have any reason to suspect that he's trying to overthrow the government? And I was like, um not that i'm aware of <laughs> like it was really weird but yeah it was like 10 minutes of me just basically saying not that i know of <laughs> not that i recall that's odd i mean that's that, that you, dude this is a screenplay idea right then <laughs> there run with this yeah, you got a strange. call today i got a great call i can't talk about my call but i got a great call today you know what it is we, we've had an interesting day yeah so but are you ready? Are you ready for this spooky shit? Because I am. Yeah, let's get our spooky on. All right, before we dive into this, Brandon, who am I picking? Which film do you think I'm going to co- think is the best of the spooky animated films? For some reason, I have a feeling about Corpse Bride. Um, not sure. It just seems like a, your brand. Hmm, spooky shit. I'm into it. Um, you know what? I honestly don't know with you. I we've never talked about a Miyazaki film ever, just even in conversation. So I'm not sure. So you want? I'm gonna also say you're going Corpse Bride. All right. All right. Take us away, sir. So your nominees for best feature length animated film in 2005 were. Moving Castle, Hayao Miyazaki, Tim Burton's Corpse Bride, Mike Johnson and Tim Burton, Wallace and Gromit in The Curse of the Weir Rabbit, Nick Park and Steve Box. Okay, let's start with our winner for the year. That is Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Weir Rabbit. So going into this, um, this film had quite a bit of love as it wins the Annie Award, which is a big animated film uh, awards body. It also wins Critics' Choice, the Los Angeles Film Critics, the and it wins the BAFTA Children's Film Award. It's also recognized with the Saturn Awards, the New York Film Critics, and with the Kids' Choice Awards. Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit, is about an inventor, that's Wallace, and his dog, Gromit, and they are trying to solve the mystery of who or what is destroying the vegetable gardens of their village. And it turns out Wallace has somehow merged with a rabbit and has become a rabbit creature in a very David Cronenberg sort of way. And Mm -hmm. terror and hijinks ensue. So how do you feel about Wallace and Gromit, the curse of the were-rabbit? I want to start this off with three points. Number one, I had never seen any of these movies up until we had decided to do this. And I honestly was shocked that I had never seen Corpse Bride, especially. Uh, but I'll get to that. Um, that's one. Number two, do you know how refreshing it is to see an animated film category without 
a Pixar film in there because the animated film categories have become kind of so basic, I feel, with the, the computer animation. Um, that gets to my third point. I love claymation. I mean, fuck, we were talking about Paranorman, which is my favorite Leica film. Um, Leica is my favorite animated studio um, out there. And I love that not only did we get one this year, but we got two. Um, so starting with this one, this one is a lot of fun. This is a great little movie, but it has its faults. Let me start off with, Growing up, I mean, we grew up in the 90s, early 2000s. Um, Wallace and Gromit was everywhere. It was one of those things that uh, there was always a special on or um, you just even if you hadn't seen them, you had known of Wallace and Gromit. Um, and it is just a fun little English cartoon. It remin or it has a lot of reminiscing uh, pastimes of something like Chicken Little or not. I'm sorry, uh, not Chicken Little. Jesus Christ. Chicken Run. <laughs> Get it together, Joseph. Um, Chicken Run, which is one of the best animated movies of all time and is the reason why we have this category. Um, this is great. I love it. I love uh, animation that all animation is hard. All animation takes a lot of work. But there's something about claymation films that really I have a better appreciation for. Because you have to realize how many movements and how much work goes into it. I actually found out that for a full day's 16 hour day of work on this film, they got about eight seconds of movement. Do you know how much patience a motherfucker needs for that? Eight seconds of movement. So if you have a movie that is an hour and 21 minutes long, like I think this is Brandon math, how long is that going to take you just for the animation process? Oh, too late. Three years. That's insanity. That is crazy. And it just goes to show you that these claymation movies aren't really appreciated, I feel like they do. So I'm very happy that this movie won. Now, here's the downside. While this movie is great, and while this movie is fun, it's pretty boring. The story is great, I think, for like the first half until we find out that Wallace is the were-rabbit. Um, I just think that the storyline takes a deep dive after that. And that was unfortunate because I was really into it up until then. Um, I actually found myself checking my phone throughout this, which, you know, is a big no, no for me. I, I've done it before through a movie, but I find it to be one of the biggest, um, no, no's of movie watching. And that's unfortunate because this had so much potential. So while I'm happy that this one for the claymation, it's not a great movie story-wise what are your thoughts i agree with a lot of what you're saying um i had seen this one a long time ago uh i had like a second or third grade teacher who was really big into wallace and gromit and um i think the first wallace and gromit uh program that i saw was one involving them like going to the moon or something like i recall a spaceship and going to the moon or maybe mars or something like that and I remember thinking it was really cool as a kid. And I think when Where Rabbit came out, I saw it, but it had been, you know, well over a decade since I had uh, last seen it. And um, I kind of agree with you. It is definitely a, a technical feat pulling off this film, uh, a movie that takes three, four, five years to make. And that's just the movement. That's not even um, the voice acting and the sound and all that. That's just getting the visual 
you know, what we see on camera down. And um, these characters are literally handcrafted, um, hand moved, or however you want to put it. Uh, the sets are painted by hand, uh, built by hand. Uh, it's pretty amazing. And so um, I don't uh, scoff at the Academy whatsoever for rewarding this film just for the the technical aspect alone. But um, the story does sort of lose me at times. Uh, I'll agree with that. I was really, you know, into it in the beginning. Um, you know, when we're first introduced to Wallace, uh, this inventor, he has his whole home is basically a big invention. Uh, from the moment he wakes up to uh, how he gets to his kitchen and how his kitchen sort of makes his breakfast for him, it's a uh, kind of uh, magical in a way, and uh, we're, we have a really good um, idea of who this guy is and who his whip-smart dog is. Uh, dog super intelligent, never really says a word, but uh, we understand that this dog, you know, is just as uh, smart as uh, his human. But there are times when the movie does lose me. Uh, the dog fight at the end, when the, the airplane chase, uh, really draws me back in that is quite amazing uh considering you know how this movie is constructed with the claymation um how they pulled off that dogfight made it so riveting um you know relatively speaking is pretty fantastic and uh these performances are quite good we have helena bonham carter in such a plucky fun romantic interest role and she's also just really funny. And we have Rafe Fiennes in here um, as our sort of villainous character. Uh, so, yeah, it is a pretty delightful little movie. But I will agree that it does lose me. My mind wanders from time to time. Look at us being on fucking the same wavelength here. Yeah. So um, how do you feel about the uh, the performances that we have here? Uh, Helena Bonham Carter and Ray Fiennes being, you know, the Oscar-nominated actors in this um, ensemble. It's funny because they're not the ones that stick out to me here. Mm. Who do you think is the one I'm going to say it sticks out to me the most? You know, there's like an old lady character in this movie. I can't remember her name, but... Um, I remember finding her pretty charming. Are you ready for this? Gr uh, Gromit. And that, oh, okay. I, that's the thing. I, you're like, okay. Um, I don't think that the voice acting is terrible per se. But for me, when you're able to emit that emotion from a character who literally just talks and reacts by just emotion... That's something really special. And I think uh, Gromit is the most interesting character here. Um, so voice acting, if I had to go gun to head, I mean, Helena Bonham Carter, because, you know, she's a fucking goddess. But all in all, not mm, mm, yeah, Gromit, what about you? Um, you know, I think Helena Bonham Carter is just great in this movie. I love her look. Whoever designed the look of this character is just brilliant. Is what? The band-aids on her hair. Yeah, like her hair, just the shape of her hair, her, you know, gigantic teeth and 
everything. Um, it's hilarious. I don't know if a drag queen has ever done an homage to this look, but I would live for it. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if Fifi O'Hara has done it. I don't know if you follow Fifi O'Hara on social media, but she frequently does cosplay uh, looks based on animated characters. So I would not be surprised if this uh, ended up one of them at some point. So I don't follow Fifi, but I did follow um, her 31 Days of Halloween or whatever she did a couple years ago, where like she did um, the rug the Rugrats mom and everything, and that was fantastic. So uh, or 90 Days of Drag or whatever it was called. Um, so, but yeah, I could definitely see Fifi doing it. I also too, for some reason, think it's a very Jinx Monsoon look. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, you know, Jinx would be great for it. I think she's also got the personality for something like this. So. I'm here for it. Yeah, you know, let's just do, like, a drag live-action remake. I'm here. I want it. You know what? Trixie Mattel out of drag could play Wallace. Get the fuck... (laughs) Shut up. But yeah, you're right. You're right. Where's the lie? (laughs) That's fine, but Katya's Gromit. Oh, well, yeah. (laughs) Well, she would do it in, like, some dog fetish outfit. You know she would. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Good for you, honey. You made a little joke. Yeah. Go me. (laughs) You have been listening to a clip from one of our Academy Queens bonus episodes. If you would like to hear all of this episode and the rest of our sensational bonus content, please prance on over to patreon.com slash academyqueens and join our queendom.